Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's time to play! Full-time fantasy. Full-time fantasy. All right, it's Dr. Roto. Get out the insurance cards. Get out the copay. The office is open, my friends. Got a lot to do today. We do got to talk a little fantasy baseball, a little fantasy football, cover a draft I went on last night. Got a couple of great guests. Going to talk about a little fantasy PGA, a little PGA DFS. I just need to cash in on one of these DFS tournaments. A little PGA might do me some tricks. Jeff Burgess will join me at 220, as he always does. Got uh, Anthony Servino joining me in the 3 o'clock hour to talk fantasy football. So it should be a, a good, uh, good show. I want to start off with something that I'm, I'm sure I've talked about this before. But I, I find that it's, it's, it's a really great topic because it just applies to everybody. It literally applies to everybody. So I have a friend who's in the Dynasty League. I won't mention his name, but he'll know who he is if he's listening to the show. And he asked me about a trade offer, and I was like, don't do it. And then uh, he doesn't do the trade offer because it wasn't very good. And I guess the team that offered him the first trade came back and offered him another trade. And here was the trade that the guy offered him. Anthony Miller and Kenyon Drake, who's on my friend's team. And this guy was going to give him Tevin Coleman, Marquise Lee, Rob Gronkowski, and Matt Lacoste. That's disgusting. That is a putrid, putrid trade. Coleman is in a timeshare committee thing going on. Marquise Lee is in an offense that barely throws the ball. And if he if they do, is that they're gonna throw to him? Or DD Westbrook or DJ Shark or whomever. Gronk. Retired. Now, maybe he does come back. I don't know. Maybe he comes back week 10 thinking that he could get another ring. Maybe. And Matt Lacoste, seriously. So, it's an awful trade. And when you get this trade, you know what you want to do. You want to rip this guy a new one. That is all you want to do. And my friend does. He rips him a new one. He goes, Rob Gronkowski, really? Do me a favor. Don't offer me any more trades like this. You're wasting my time. That is what everybody wants to say. But I'm here to tell you, you need to control the beast. As much as you don't want to, as much as it pains you in every pore of your body, to say, what do you think? I'm an idiot? Stop offering me this crap or I'll lose my phone number. 
because that's what you want to say. That is literally what you want to say, except probably what you really want to say has some four-letter words in it, but you're not going to use those because you're on national radio. You have to channel that hatred and that animosity, and you have to just either click reject and move on, or you have to say, no thanks, I'm good, and move on, or you have to say, doesn't really work for me, but thanks for trying. Do you know why? Because when you say to him, hey, Jerko, that's the dumbest offer I've ever got in my life. Don't ever send me another one, you time-wasting whatever. You've now made an enemy of a team in your league. And the chance of you going back to making a trade with this guy is zero. And I don't want that to happen. Even if he is the biggest jerko in the league. I get it. I get it. But you've just got rid of a potential trading partner. And maybe this idiot is a guy you can trade with down the road. But now you can't trade with him anymore because you just insulted him by calling him the biggest, stupidest, blah, blah, blah in in, in the hemisphere. So what you have to do is control the rage. Calm the inner rage. Hey, thanks for the offer, but I'll pass. Because trust me, you know what offer I want what I want to say half the time I get a bad offer? Dude, I'm Dr. Roto. This is not my first year playing. Stop insulting me. Right? That's really what I want to say. I want to say, you're a freaking idiot. Why would I ever do that? That's usually what I want to say. Did you think I was dumb enough to do that trade? Did you wake up this morning and say, hey, he's just stupid enough to do to say yes to that? Yeah, that's me, right? I'm that guy. I'm the guy you're going to pull the wool over because I don't know what I'm doing. I've never played fantasy football. This is the first time I've been in a league. Thank you for that horrific trade offer. Seriously. But you can't do that. You can't do that. Imagine if baseball teams or football teams did that. What if the Titans didn't take the Jaguars' phone call? Now, I'll never forget, I was interviewing Steve Phillips, and he was talking about um, Sid Thrift, who was the general manager of the Rays and the, and the Pirates, and he said Sid Thrift was really hard to deal with, right? Really hard to deal with. And that what he had to do was just give Sid Thrift a bunch of names of guys that he could have and let Sid Thrift put the deal together because he was just insufferable to deal with. But kudos to Steve Phillips for doing that, for being tolerant enough to know how to deal with other owners in your league. Because I'm sure he wanted to say to Sid Thrift, Sid, you're such a jerk. Stop, don't call me anymore. But you can't do that. You can't do that. We all value players differently. We all fall in love with our players. We think this guy's got upside. I drafted him in the sixth round. He's going to be good. 
but he's really crap right now. But I know he's going to be good. Don't offer me this junk deal for him because I know he's going to turn around and have a good second half. Well, maybe he is, but I'm trading you what he's worth right now. Right? So what you need to do in these leagues is don't make enemies. First of all, life is too short. Life is too short to make enemies over fantasy sports. So there's plenty of reasons to have enemies in life. The fantasy sports should not be one of them. Fantasy sports should have friendships. Bonds should be made, not enemies. Okay? That's the first thing. Secondly, calm your anger. Take a deep breath. And as my grandmother used to say very wisely, write it down. And I did. I would write down something. I, I, and then she hit. Now throw it out. This is true. Got into a very, uh, she told me to do that. I broke up with some girl. I was like, I, I started writing like anger, anger, anger. She's like, you wrote it? Now throw it out. I'm like, really? I really, I just spent like seven hours writing this, grandma. This is like the best thing I've ever written. Can't believe she dumped me. Just throw it out. That was a good piece of advice. Too bad I didn't follow it. I should have. Should have totally followed that advice. So get it out. Say it to your wife. Say it to your brother. Say it to your friend. Say it to Dr. Roto. Say it to whoever you need to. Rip, oh my God, this guy's an idiot. I hate him, blah, 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 blah. But when you write back, you say, no thanks, not interested. Appreciate the offer. Right? Because when you say, hey, that doesn't really work for us. Appreciate the offer. Then the guy will send you another offer. Now maybe he'll send you a crappy offer. That's absolutely true. Maybe the offer, the next offer he sends you is as disgusting as the first one. But maybe the 32nd offer he sends you is actually good. And then you're like, all right. You would never have gotten that offer when you light him up on fire. Light him on fire. You're not going to get the offer. Right? Because he's never going to talk to you again. And when you're playing fantasy football, more than fantasy baseball, fantasy football, there's 12 teams. You're one of them. So now you have 11 teams to trade with. Now when you tell two guys to F off, now you're down to nine teams to trade with. All of a sudden, you're going to be down to four teams to trade with. How do you even stay in that league? Which is why, by the way, I hate trading leagues. Hate. I know that I have either become old, grumpy, old and grumpy, or terrifically smart. Because I know I don't want to be in trading leagues anymore. Because every time I get in a trading league, trading league, I get pissed off. I get pissed off. I do. So I love the high stakes leagues. I think I may have mentioned this last year. Somebody's like, Dr. Roto, I'm doing a brand new football league. It's going to be great. I go, is there trading? Absolutely. It's the best part of the league. I go, I'm not interested. He thought he was selling me on trading. I'm like, no, 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 thank you. I'm done. Why? Because I don't need somebody making a bad deal and ruining my league. That is the last thing that I want. The last thing that I want in my life is for two other teams in my league to make a bad trade, which ruins my chances of winning after I've done so much hard work and they just rip somebody off. And I'm like, seriously, I hate you. So you should do high stakes leagues. High stakes leagues, there's no trading. We avoid collusion that way. And that to me is so much better. 
right? Everything in a high-stakes league is about the draft and about the move you make during the seasons, the pickups and the drops. Can't trade with a buddy. And then certainly, certainly in our leagues, after a certain week, I can't pick up people that have been dropped anymore because that could be collusion too. I drop a kicker in week 12 and I pick him up. You drop a kicker, I pick him up. That's not fair. So as we get close to the end, I can't do that. But if you've ever felt like you were just violated in a trading league, like, oh my God, really? Seriously? If you feel that way, don't be in one of those leagues. If you have to respond, do me a favor and get a life. You're wasting my time, idiot. Don't do those leagues. Don't do them. I find that there has to have to be really strong parameters in trade leagues. I was in a league. This is true. It was a serious XM dynasty football league. And this was actually a league that was last year, by the way. So I've been in this league for a few years, and I've got a really good team, and I know I have a really good shot to win. Okay? I have a really good shot to win. And what happens is, is that people are still making trades because we don't have a trade deadline. There's no trade deadline in my league, which is crazy. And I'm like, are you kidding? So I have to put out an email to the rest of the league. And I go, I know there's no rule against this, but if you would, could you please not make any trades in the playoffs? Because it will affect the outcome of the league. Do you know that a couple of people actually got angry at me about that? Well, it's not against the rules. Seriously? You want to make a trade in week 15 because it's not against the rules? It's a bad rule. And if you really feel like you need to win that way, shame on you. So luckily, nobody made a trade that I remember, and I won the league. But could you imagine coming that far, getting to week 16, and somebody making a trade so I lose? I mean, that would be un- unforgivable to me. I, I, and I wrote the guy, and I wrote the commissioner. I said, look, if there's a trade that goes down, I'm quitting this league. I'll quit it right in the middle of the league. I will quit. That's how strongly I felt about it. You know, as I get older, I'm way more particular with the leagues that I do. And I don't like to pull the I'm quitting card. I don't like to put it, pull that. I don't. It's, one of the, it's my least favorite card to pull. But when there's such an injustice, I will pull it. And I don't pull that card because I don't like when it's been pulled at me. Somebody tried to pull that card at me a couple of years ago. Somebody didn't like a, a trade. I, uh, there was a rule in my league, and the guy didn't like the ruling I made as a commissioner. He goes, well, I don't know if I can be in your league. I think we're going to quit. This is the day before my draft. It's the day before the draft. He says this to me. So you know what I did? I got rid of him. Threw him out of my league. I got somebody else in. Don't ever threaten to quit the day before my league. That would be a bad start. That I thought was unforgivable. But I would certainly quit in the middle of a year because at that point I've already paid. That's my choice, right? I would never hold up and ruin somebody's league by quitting before it started. But during the year, if I quit, I wouldn't ask for my money back. I would just never be there again. I'd be like, bye, see ya, done. Arrivederci.
Au revoir. Because I don't want to be in a league where you're doing shady things. So you avoid the shade when you play in non-trading leagues. Because there's no shade to be found in a high-stakes league. It's as transparent as it possibly can be. And isn't that the experience that you want? A transparent experience? I know it's the one I want. I know a transparent experience is the one I want. I do. I want to enjoy the experience that I have. And I don't want to worry about somebody ruining it by either making me a bad offer or making somebody else a bad offer, a bad trade coming through, and ruining my league experience. There's nothing I hate more than that. I hate that. So I encourage you, find your inner peace and don't blast the person who gives you a bad offer and then move on. Find another league if that's what you really need. Okay? Can you do that for me? I know you can and I know you will. All right, we're up against our first break. You know what I'm doing in the next segment? Talking to my man Jeff Bergerson, PGA DFS. I need to be my, I need to be your rich friend. We'll talk to Jeff. We'll come back right after this. And the flames went higher. And it burns, burns, burns. The ring of fire. Made Sailors is the leading cleaning service in New York City and Boston. We service homes, offices, corporate apartments, and Airbnb turnarounds. Give us a call or a text at 212-299-5170 to book now. That's 212 212- 299-5170. Use the promo code FNTSY for 15% off your first cleaning. For more information, go to madesailors.com. That's madesailors.com. What's your IRS problem? Do you owe back taxes? Is there a lien placed on your property? Have your bank accounts been frozen or seized? Have your wages been garnished? Are you being audited by the IRS? Are they sending you letters that demand actions and have urgent due dates? Well, solving your tax problems is as easy as calling Taxes 321. The IRS is the largest collection agency in the world. You need the best representation to give you peace of mind. You need experienced professionals that can cut through the red tape and stop the collection process. If you have a serious problem with the IRS, call the Taxes 321 network today. We'll get them off your back. 800-961-3631. Let DailyRoto.com guide you to victory as you swing for the fences playing Daily Fantasy Baseball. Become the eighth Daily Roto lineup optimizer to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament or become part of the growing community who have won thousands of dollars. If you're playing MLB DFS and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Enter promo code FNTSY for a 10% discount. The 2019 MLB Daily Roto Premium Package at DailyRoto.com. Use the promo code FNTSY and get your 10% discount today. We're back. It's full-time fantasy, and I'm Dr. Roto, and you know I love this segment. It's Wednesday. It must be golf day. I was at the driving range earlier today, Jeff Bergerson. I was terrible. I just want you to know that. That you weren't hitting them straight? (laughs) No, not close. I bought a new two-iron, though, for Father's Day. Have you ever hit it with a two-iron before? 
I have, yeah. Does it does it work like uh, Gary Woodland's two iron? Yeah, not quite. I only wish. By the way, was that three wood the greatest shot in U.S. Open history, or right up there? Yep, and I think we've actually talked about it on several occasions. How good he is with the three wood. It's like his specialty, and we really saw that last week. It was amazing. And then the second thing that he did was I've never seen anybody chip off a green before. Have you ever done that in your career? You know, I wouldn't trust myself to do, to do that, but those guys are so good that they know they're not going to take a huge divot out of the green. Um, I have seen pros do it. I've never done it myself. Have you? No, but could you imagine the divot? I, you know the divot I would take out of the green? They would throw me out of the club so fast, Jeff, my name would be Mud. That's what I was thinking, too. <laughs> yeah, I just don't trust myself to catch it clean every time. Yeah, that's for sure. All right, let's take a look. We're going to the Travelers this week, and we're traveling back to the East Coast to beautiful Connecticut. And uh, this is a really good field. Um, I mean, Kepka, Cantley, Spieth, Molinari, Day, Thomas, Casey, Fleetwood, DeChambeau. Are they giving out special money, a special thing going on here? Why is it so crowded? Yeah, it is something, right? The week after a major, they're playing in this thing. Um, yeah, no, it is a great field. Um, we talk a lot about, and I know you're big on the big travel thing. How do you feel about flying across the country? And it's not just one or two of these guys. It's most everybody in this top range. They're all going to have to deal with that kind of the, the U.S. Open hangover. Yeah, and to be quite honest with you, I'm trying to avoid a lot of these guys. I mean, I'll play a couple of them, but I don't I don't see. I, I, I think it's a huge hangover. You just played the U.S. Open. You just flew. Now you're here. You're at Pebble Beach. I don't know, Jeff. I'm not, I'm not vibing it for like Kepka and Cantlay and guys like that. Yeah, it was the first thing I thought of, like, after an emotional, like with Kepka, for instance. That's an emotional when he played deep into the night. There's a couple guys up here, like Justin Thomas, who missed the cut, who, you know, probably got an early jump. Uh, but, uh, yeah, some of these other guys played late in the Sunday. You just wonder, and it's hard to measure, impossible to measure, motivation uh, this week coming off of last week's high. Is this a tough course per se? I know it's a Pete Dye course. I mean, it seems like it fits a shorter, more accurate player. Like when I think of the Kepkas and the Bombers of the world, I don't know whether it fits him this week. Yeah, I mean, it is kind of a middle-of-the-road course. It's not real easy. Uh, we see winning scores like Bubba. I think he was minus 16 or minus 17 last year. Uh, won it, But the four years before that, everyone was between minus 12 and minus 16. So, uh, it's kind of middle of the road. It is a shorter course, um, not so narrow, not a ton of trouble. If the wind picks up, becomes difficult. But we saw a couple years ago, you know, Jim Furyk, how low he went. So if you get minimal winds, it's a course that can be scored on. Now, what was it? Was it did Furyk play really early in the morning? Wasn't that it, or something like that, where people like earlier in the day is better? He, oh, for sure. Yep, yeah, yeah. He was one of the first to tee off, and he was way back in the pack. I believe it was a Sunday and he was way back and then he just he had that huge charge and but yeah he was one of the first guys to tee off and I'm just looking at the weather for this week it looks like Thursday morning is probably going to have the most calm conditions so that might not be a bad idea to stack a couple of rosters with just early Thursday morning guys. Ah, see, I love that you can only get this information right here with Jeff Ferguson from FantasyGolfInsider.com. I'm with you. I'm going to go with some Thursday AM guys. So who fits that profile? Who are a couple of those guys that maybe we want to highlight? Sure. Um, I'll just pull up our lineup generator right here. It shows actually the tee times. Um, 
Let's see here. I know Ryan Moore teed off early. Um, actually, Brooks Kepka is teeing off early. I know you didn't really like uh, him bouncing back, but um, guys that I like, um, Sam Ryder is early on. He's a $6,800 player. Emiliano Grillo, who I like, is teeing off early. Snedeker is early. Uh, Molinari, Thomas, and Cantlay are all early, along with Brooks, uh, Brooks and Bubba. All, all, all those guys are early tee times. Wow, so they have a lot of those big names there. So maybe I'm – the thing is, is that, look, there's no better player right now in my mind than Brooks Kepka. I mean, this guy is clearly the best. So I ask you this. When Tiger was at his best or Jack was at his best before there was even DFS, would you have played them every week in every tournament? You know, it was funny. I was just talking with my partner, Zach, about this, about Tiger Woods, and he's just a different animal than pretty much anybody ever. Um, on Sunday, he started out with like four bogeys, you know, out of the hop, and he's a guy who just never stops grinding. He will never give up. He will never mail it in, no matter how much money he has, how famous he is. He is always grinding, and I don't, I'm not a big Tiger fan, and I know I'm in the minority there, but I do like and respect the fact that he just never quits. Um, you don't see that from a lot of players these days. They get down and they kind of mail it in. You kind of see them lose their their care or their their focus. And uh, Brooks is one of those guys. You know, if he doesn't start strong, I worry about it. And, and as well as guys like Paul Casey, and you know, all of a sudden their back starts hurting a little bit when they're plus four, and and pretty soon they're with, withdrawn or have just totally fallen out of contention. And Tiger's different, and that's why I think back in his heyday, if there was DFS, you could roster him any course, any week, unlike these days. All right, let me give you a couple of names of guys who are very good golfers who just haven't been very good thus far. Tommy Fleetwood was a guy that we loved, but since in, for the last few months, we really haven't mentioned him. Is he sneaky this week? Possibly. I owned some of them last week at the U.S. Open. He didn't look great. He barely made the cut. It was a miraculous putt on 18 for him to just make the cut. Then he finished, you know, T65. He hasn't been great. It's a pretty good price. We know the caliber of player he can be. Um, I think both him and Bryson, right in that low 9K range, could give us some good value because they have a ton of upside. So I'm actually kind of okay with both of them, especially in a week where the top guys you're just kind of like, uh, I don't know what we're going to get out of Jason Day, Jordan Spieth this week, Brooks Kepka. So I'm okay going with those guys at about 2000 cheaper. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Bryson because he's on my radar for sure. I like him and Fleetwood. I do like Justin Thomas. Let me give you a guy who I'm really up and I'm not sure about, Molinari. I, for some reason, I think that he's going to start getting hot as we head into the British Open. Do you like him this week? I'm lukewarm on him, actually. Um, he hasn't come up with too many big finishes lately, and I'm not sure if it would. After kind of his collapse at Augusta, I don't know if that had some effect on him, but he hasn't been outstanding since. Uh, he was okay last week at the U.S. Open. He will be the lowest owned probably in this top range, so if you want to go a little contrarian, he might be a decent spot. Um, he is, I mean, he's a great golfer. The 10-3 price tag is still, I think, a little inflated for the play we've gotten from him lately. That kind of reflects his play last year. Um, so I, I like him a little bit more down in the 9K range. But um, if you want to be contrarian, that he, he'll be the lowest owned there. Does Patrick Cantley deserve to be the second highest price guy on DraftKings? Yeah, I think so. He's been that hot lately. Um, he's, yeah, he's one of the best players in the field. Right now, statistically and just results-wise, 
I, I do until Justin Thomas shows that he's come back from his wrist injury. Uh, we've talked about that too. Um, and actually, I think he might be okay with the wrist because his approach game, the last two tournaments he's played have been really, really good. Um, his struggles have come with the putter. Now that's probably not wrist related. Um, so I'm wondering if that's just rust and that, that he's going to knock off pretty soon. So I look for him to have more success coming up and thus his price will, will skyrocket after that. We're talking to Jeff Burgesson from Fantasy Golf Insider. We're discussing the Travelers Tournament, the PGA DFS. Let me give you a couple of names here, Jeff. Tony Finau is always capable of a good tournament and Bubba Watson, who is the ultimate course horse. Any love for either of those guys? Yeah, you know, I don't really own either one of those, Doc. So I went um, myself. I'm owning the higher price guys this week, and I don't have a ton in this high 8K range, low 9K range. Fino just hasn't been very good lately, and here he can't use his, his driver and his bombing off the tee to really give him an edge, not to say he can't play well because he has a decent approach game. Uh, it's just he doesn't have the edge he does on longer courses. Bubba is pretty easy to pick. You don't pick him at tough courses with wind, usually major championships outside of Augusta, but you do pick him on Bubba courses like here, Riviera, Augusta. Uh, he's just been good almost every single time he's played here. He just missed one cut a couple of years ago, but he's won three times. So I think you probably should have some exposure to Bubba this week. Um, and he has one here coming off a missed cut at the U.S. Open in the past. So I wouldn't worry too much about his performance last week at Pebble. It just wasn't a bubble course. All right. I was very proud of myself last week, Jeff, because I was all in on Victor Hovland. I had him on every single roster. Um, now that he becomes a pro, is he priced appropriately at 7900 because he's got a real great all-around game? Can he be successful like Joaquin Neiman right away? Um, nice call last week. That, that's really good. I mean, because we haven't seen a ton of him um, in the, at the highest level. We've seen him a lot in college. But, um, yeah, he looked great last week um, from what we saw of him. Just a great tee to green player. Struggled a little bit around the greens, on the greens. But, I mean, that, that might come. We're looking for great ball strikers, and he certainly is one. 7,900, I think it's fair in this field. I mean, some people have said it's uh, an inflated price for a guy who doesn't have any PGA or, or pro experience, I should say. Um, but I'm okay with it just because he is an immense talent, and he's going to be in the upper 8K range in better fields within a couple of years. So I'm okay taking, taking a shot on him now in the 7K range. All right, when we first started this segment, we discussed players who hadn't played last week or uh, M right and uh hadwin or maybe he had did play but guys who we didn't think who have been waiting in the we in the weeds for a week are there guys in that mid seven thousand range that you think are ready to, to pounce this week yeah i think hadwin um i like hadwin a lot actually this week uh russell knox as well i think is a, is a decent upper 7k guy um both guys are pretty inconsistent and and don't have well, well russell knox has won here before so we know he can play here hadwin hasn't had a ton of success but I like both guys because both of their approach games are good, and especially their short irons. So this being a short course, guys are going to have a wedge in their hand a lot this week. And the, the distance that I'm looking at that I've plugged into the model that I'm zeroing in at is between 100 and 150-yard approach shot. 
Um, so guys who thrive in that area. And one guy we kind of went over is Ches Reevy, who thrives in that range. He's at 8,400. He looked great last week. Those type of guys are the kinds of guys I'm zeroing in on this week. Emiliano Grillo is another one of those great short iron player. Now, you mentioned Chez. I only like I only play Chez on the West Coast. I don't play Chez on the East Coast. Am I wrong about that? That's interesting. Um, I don't know. I'd have to look back and see at his success. I haven't really separated between coasts. But um, he's been playing pretty well all year. And he played pretty well in the fall season, too. Um, I'm okay. He's been here. I mean, he's been good here in the past, and that's a pretty fair price. So I'm in on him this week. I'm also in on Jason Kokrak at 8,300 right next to him. So both have had solid seasons, both great with your, their approach. Uh, right. I like both of them. As I head toward uh, 7,000 and less, I'm going to give you a couple of names. Uh, Malnati, maybe Stefan Yeager. Are there guys in that like 68 to 7,100 range that we like? Yeah, Malnati might be my favorite. He's playing the best. Um, usually his putter is really good, and it has been, but his approach game has been a lot better. So I do have exposure to him um, down out others in this range. I have some Sam Ryder exposure. He hasn't been great this year, but he goes through stretches where he can be good. And last year, about this time, he started to get hot. He's an outstanding short, short iron player, great with the wedge. So I have some exposure to him. Now, just be sure when you're down in the 6K range that you're not putting, you know, half of your teams with these guys. Just put them on a few teams and mix it up. Cameron Tringali at 6,700, I think you can have some exposure to. Vaughn Taylor at 6,700. If you want to be in the 6K range, I think those are probably your best options. Let me give you a couple of names. Mackenzie Hughes has been hot recently. Is he somebody you're looking at? And Colin Morikawa, he's got he's new to the tour, but he looks pretty sharp as well. Yeah, I agree with you. I have exposure to both of those guys in my core. Um, probably about eight to ten percent of my teams will have each one of those guys. Um, so yeah, I'm in on both of them. They've been playing really good golf lately. Um, so I'm good. You know, that might be about it in the six K range as I scroll through it. I think we pretty much covered every guy that I would um, invest in. Maybe Hank Lebiota at 6,700. I think I have some exposure to probably six or seven percent in my core. But um, I wouldn't oversaturate your teams with a ton of these 6K guys, and you probably don't have to this week. All right, I want to scroll up, Jeff, into the low 8,000s. Some names for you here. Daniel Berger, I just think, has been hot recently. Charlie Hoffman is an ultimate course horse. Streelman, Cockrack. Do we like guys in this range? Yeah, and I think but you're going to have to make a decision between these guys, and I think it's kind of really razor thin here. Um, I kind of like Berger with a high floor this week. Uh, I would lean toward him in cash games over a guy. Well, you know, Charlie Hoffman's been great at this course. I mean, bottom line, he's been really good. And when you look at his stats recently over the past 12 and 16 rounds, they're trending upward. They're getting better. And Charlie's kind of like Bubba, where you look for Charlie Hoffman courses because places he's been good, he's consistently good. And places he's been bad, he's terrible. Uh, this is a great place for him. So I like that he's trending. I like that he's been good here. Um, Streelman's going to be heavily owned. I don't know that I love that paying 8200 for Streelman, but he's been very good. He's got three top tens in his last five appearances. So um, I'm not against him. I just I think I faded him uh, strategically just to avoid some ownership in this area because you got to make some decisions at some point. Jeff, will there be too many teams that have a Bubba Hoffman core to them, and is that just way too <laughs> chalky? 
Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think I think those will be two of the highest owned guys. And I think you can add Paul Casey to that, who's going to be ultra owned. So if you want to pull a strategic fade on any one of those, I think you're okay with it. Bubba's been great here, but he does have plenty of downside. We've seen even at Bubba courses. Um, but and Paul Casey is another one. It's been outstanding, but you know you never know what you're going to get. So if you can, you get lucky, fade them, and and they bomb out. You avoid a third of the field. Uh, you're on your way. All right, you have you know my last two questions. Got about a minute to go. Who's going to win, and who's a guy we've never heard of that we're going to hear of again? Yeah, we talked about Bryson DeChambeau. I think he might. I think he has a chance to win this week. And then I'm going to go with um, um, let's go with. Gosh, I think we talked about – let's go with Sebastian Munoz. Uh, he's at 7,200. You can get really long odds on him. Guy that most people I haven't heard of so have done it in the DFS community. But, um, yeah, take a shot on him this week. Only here can you get this information. Play guys on Thursday and, and Sebastian Munoz. You gave us Max Homa. <laughs> You've given us all these nuggets, Jeff, all year long. <laughs> yeah, I hope it works this week, Doc. I do, too, for you, me and for you. All right, my friend, good talking to you. Thanks, Doc. All right, that was Jeff Burgesson from FantasyGolfInsider.com. He is fantastic at what he does, and he breaks down the courses like nobody else. So check out that site, FantasyGolfInsider.com. You know what we do now? We take a little time out. We come on back, and we do the night in DFS for Major League Baseball. I thought I was onto something last night. I had the Indians, but I, my, my Colorado-Arizona stack went a little poo-poo on me. i got to figure this out. We'll try to figure out tonight's stack when we return right after this. If you've heard of WeatherTech floor liners, you probably know that for your vehicle's floor, nothing protects better. But what about protection for the rest of your car or truck? I'm David McNeil, founder of WeatherTech. Besides our floor liners, we design, engineer, and manufacture a wide range of automotive accessories right here in America. And just like our floor liners, everything is done to the highest standards possible. We understand what kind of investment owning a vehicle can be, so we do everything possible to help you protect it. We don't take shortcuts, and we never make concessions when it comes to quality. For everything from cargo liners to cleaning and detailing supplies to mud flaps and car covers, the one place you need to go is WeatherTech.com. So if you are familiar with our floor liners, just imagine how well the rest of our products will work for you. Learn more about our full line of automotive accessories at WeatherTech.com or call 1-800-CARMATS. WeatherTech.com, proudly made in America. Maurice Allen, 2015-2016 European Long Drive Tour Champion, 2017 World Number One. Me personally... I keep my game face on me all the time. Especially coming out of the bunker, leaving the range, or even leaving the course. What's your story? Go to GameFaceGrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs. Do you want two risk-free wagers up to $1,000? If so, go to PointsBet.com forward slash grid. Open yourself up a PointsBet sports wagering account. Enter the promo code GRID and you'll get two risk-free bets of up to $1,000. In addition to traditional betting, PointsBets also offers its own betting concept where customers, they're rewarded by how much they win their bet. That's PointsBet.com forward slash grid. Enter the promo code GRID and get your two risk-free Risk-free bets of up to $1,000 today. 
All right, it's Dr. Rota back with you here. Fulltimefantasy.com. That's where I, you can find me. And you can find Adam Ronas there. And you can find Sean Childs there. And you can find the best information that you need to win your fantasy baseball and fantasy football leagues. So check us out at fulltimefantasy.com. All right, let's take a look at um, the uh, day baseball. The Yankees are only winning 6-0. Man, the Yankees are just so good. Blake Snell was more like Blake Smell today. Uh, One-third of an inning, six earned runs, four walks. That'll really hurt you. That'll really kill you. That'll hurt that ERA. CC Sabathia, four innings, two hits, five strikeouts. DJ LeMahieu, two for two, two RBIs. Gary Sanchez, one for two, three RBIs, 21st home run. I was on Sanchez last year. I had him in labor. He was a dog, and now this year he's like the best guy ever. I hate when that happens. All right, Cincinnati is beating Houston 1-0. Yasil Puig with a home run. Tyler Molly out of his mind. Five and two-thirds, seven Ks. Beating up Jared Cole. Could you imagine that? Sometimes I told you I like to be a little contrarian. And sometimes I'll take the pitcher on the opposing team. When everybody's on Cole, Molly's going to be super uh, low-owned. Okay? Uh, let's see. Washington against Philadelphia. Patrick Corbin not sucking today. I told you this would happen. Six innings, four hits, three walks, seven Ks. Let up a home run to Scott Kingery, who's two for three. Uh, Zach Eflin for the Phillies, five innings, one earned run, five Ks. I think Corbin will figure it out. I do. I think Corbin will figure it out. So let's take a look at tonight's action. Well, first we'll go with the uh, later games in the afternoon. Baltimore and Oakland, Josh Rogers against Chris Bassett. I do like Chris Bassett. I mean, Oakland is a very, 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 very heavy favorite. I don't like him that much, but I do like him. Milwaukee against San Diego. Zach Davies against Matt Strom. Uh, Milwaukee's a slight favorite there. Davies has pitched well this year. And then a 640 start. I doubt they'll be in any of your games. Brad Keller for the Royals against Marco Polo. Gonzalez um, and Seattle's a, a favorite. I think Gonzalez will bounce back. So let's, look at the, let's take a look at the night slate here. The 705 games. Philadelphia against Washington. Uh, Jake Arietta against Max Scherzer. I know I'm supposed to like Max Scherzer, but I'm not going to pay the price. I'm not going to pay it. I'm going to look for other options here. And I have a few that I like. Uh, Detroit against Pittsburgh. Jordan Zimmerman note against Trevor Williams. Jordan Zimmerman's really bad, but occasionally he has a good start. But I don't think it's going to be tonight. Pittsburgh is a very heavy favorite. Uh, I like Trevor Williams a little bit. He would be a DK2 type starter for me. The Angels against the Blue Jays. Andrew Heaney against Aron Sanchez. I like Andrew Heaney tonight. I do. I like Heaney. I think he's uh, going to get better and better and better. He's a good pitcher. Let me see what's going on here price-wise. One moment, please. Please hold. Because I, I, I want to get the good value on Heaney because I don't, I don't want to overpay for him. So let's see. Heaney is... Scherzer's 12,000. Wow. Giolito, 11,3. Rich Hill, 10,3. Granke, 9. Gibson, 8,8. Eight. 
Heaney 85. I like that price tag right there. I do. I like that price tag. I know Toronto has been better, but still, I think Heaney is just a better pitcher. Um, let me go to FanDuel. And uh, one moment, please. Please hold. Thank you. FanDuel's got uh, Scherzer. Giolito's been on fire. Scherzer 11-7. Giolito 11-2. Hill 96. Granke 94. Heaney 86. Yeah, I, I like that. I like that. All right, the Mets against Atlanta. Steven Matz against Max Freed. This worries me because the over-under here is 10. That tells me Las Vegas knows something that I don't know. So I might be looking for bats here more than pitchers here. Cleveland against Texas. Joe Palumbo. Oh, my God. Sounds like a leg breaker from my old neighborhood. Joe Palumbo. No one mess with him. Joe walks around with a stickball bat. I'll let you have a little bit. Against Adam Plutko. Boy, how bad can Joe Palumbo be? Let's see. In June, on June 8th, one moment, four innings, six hits, four runs, one home run. Yeah. Uh, I would think that I am starting to like my Cleveland bats. A little Lindor, a little Ramirez, a little Santana, a little Mercado. I think Joe Palumbo's in trouble here. Uh, I don't hate Plutko in the respect that I think I should get the win. I think I should get the win because Palumbo is that bad. So I don't love Plutko. Plutko is on DK. Wow, wow, 5,900. I may like him. I'm starting to like him. Because on FanDuel, Plutko's 8,300. So DK is really low on him. I might be in on that at 5,900. I, I could get down with that. So let me, let me, let me think about that one. Okay. Uh, Chicago White Sox against the Chicago Cubs. Lucas Giolito against John Lesta. I, don't, I know Giolito's been on fire. He really has been good. But that's a big price tag to pay. You're asking me to pay full freight on that one. 11-3. And then on FanDuel, you're asking me to pay 11-2. I, I just, I can't pull the trigger. I liked when Giolito was like 6,100. I used them all the time. I loved them then. Eduardo Rodriguez against Kyle Gibson. I don't like Eduardo uh, tonight. I don't. I like Minnesota. But I don't love Kyle Gibson against Boston. So I think this game's got like 6-5, 5-4 written all over it. Something like that. All right, Miami against St. Louis. Trevor Richards against Daniel Ponce de Leon. Let's see. Problem was, Ponce de Leon is not a bad pitcher, but he only threw four innings last time. So what are we looking at here? Five innings? Uh, not, not, he's he's 7,800 on DK. And on FanDuel... He is 6,500. I think I like that better. I'm not paying 7,800 for that. Colorado, Arizona, John, the picture of Dorian Gray against Zach Greinke. Colorado went crazy yesterday. But maybe this is interesting. The over-under is 8.5. Maybe Greinke's got something. I don't know. But when, when Greinke's good, he is so good. But when he is bad, he is like hot mess Train wreck bad. Bad. 
But I, I don't hate him tonight. I can find some love for him, I think. How much am I going to pay for him? On DK, 9000 And then 9400 I'm, I'm paying for him. I'd rather Heaney. I'd rather Heaney. I got to tell you. And then San Francisco against the Dodgers. Drew Pomerantz against Rich Hill. The Dodgers are 270. That's a big favorite. Uh, seven and a half run total. Yeah, the Dodgers. This is one of those nights where you want to be with like Kiki Hernandez and Justin Turner and David Freeze and Chris Taylor. And you just load up on those righty bats. And you're just like, you, 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 you're happy that you did that. So let's see. Let me see what's going on here. I'm trying to think. I want to give you some stacks that I think might be of interest to me tonight. I gave you the pitchers, right? So let me give you the stacks tonight. Um, this is always the tough one. And then when you have the stack, like I had last night, I had the right stack, but I just not have the right people. So I like Cleveland tonight a lot. I like the Braves against Mats. I like the Braves. I like Cleveland against Joe Palumbo. I like... The Angels against Sanchez, because that could just be bad, ooh, bad. Um, I mentioned the Pirates to you, right? I mentioned the Pirates to you. I think I like them a little bit there. And if you're not a Plutko kind of guy, if you think Plutko kind of sucks, which he probably does, he might be interesting if you want to go with the Rangers. Might just stack the crap out of that game. Just go Cleveland, Texas and just put all your bats on that game. Because that's got to be what? Like a really high, that's a high number, right? Yeah, 10 and a half. That's a big number there. So let's see. Are there any other teams that stick out to me as stackable? I, I think the Pirates. But, you know, the problem with the Pirates is are, the, are they really that good? I mean, I like Josh Bell. I like Marte. But, I mean, I don't know. I do like the Angels with Trout and Otani and Upton against Sanchez. Atlanta, for sure, against Mats. I mean, Acuna and Swanson. I think I could do that. Let me take a look at something else for you. Uh, one moment, please. And I'm going to give you the um, BVP. Are there any BVP plays? Because sometimes I like to go with the BVP play and then work around that. So, let's see. Um... Anybody stick out here? Oh, yeah. Corey Dickerson, for example. Eight for 15 against Jordan Zimmerman. So he could be a one-off. But look, Starling Marte's five for, two for 15, which is strange, right? But I, I do like Corey Dickerson. He could be a one-off for sure. I told you I like the Pirates a little bit there. Um, who else? Justin Upton is six for 11 against Sanchez. Cole Calhoun is interesting to me tonight. You know, I always look at... Uh, let me look at this lineup. So I'm just going to give you a lineup, okay? Listella, Trout, Otani, Upton, Pulhos, Calhoun, Fletcher. I never really look at Calhoun and Fletcher because I'm always attracted to Trout and Otani. But what if I should be into Cole Calhoun? See, I, I can't forget that guy. I mean, Colt, so I'm going to give you a BVP stat, which you're going to be like, Dr. Roto, you're an idiot. But I don't know. Am I? He's two for five. He's two for five against Sanchez. 
but he's also walked twice, and he has two home runs. So in the five times he's faced him, he's taken him yard twice. Maybe he sees something there. Just throwing that out there for you. Just keeping it real. All right, the Mets and Braves. You know, I do like Acuna a lot. I, I could definitely get behind him on a one-off for sure. Um, who else? Maybe Jose Abreu. See, I like the White Sox. Little McCann, Lurie Garcia, Abreu. That, they're interesting to me. Um, gonna, Palumbo's got no starts. You're going to have to just trust yourself there. There's no, no, uh, nothing to work on. Mookie Betts has really gotten the best of Kyle Gibson. Six for 16, three home runs. J.D. Martinez, 10 for 31 with two home runs. But maybe this Kyle Gibson, see, that's why you can't always look at BVP because I think Kyle Gibson's a better pitcher now than he was when he faced those guys previously. I do. I think he's better. Um, John Gray, David Peralta has battered this guy around. Eight for 18. So I, I do like Peralta a little bit. Trevor Story against Zach Greinke, 11 for 38 for five home runs. But he's also struck out 10 times. Charlie Blackman has struck out a lot against Greinke. Arenado, Blackman and Arenado both hitting 269 against Zach Greinke. So I told you, Greinke's interesting. And remember, Colorado was very good last night. So a lot of people tend to go back there, which is why you go the other direction. You just made a very good GPP play. I don't hate that. It's starting to get more attractive to me as the more I think about it. Uh, Brandon Belt and Buster Posey have hit Rich Hill. But I never want to like, I really want to stack Giants. Did I wake up this morning and think, hey, let me stack the Giants tonight at Dodger Stadium against Rich Hill. That's a really good idea. No, I never really said that. I never would say that because that would be a really dumb idea. So, but Belt has been good and Posey has been good, but I won't go there. So there you have it. Uh, I've given you the names of guys who, uh, you know, have done well. And if you're a BVP player, you know, take a look. I, I believe in BVP. I believe in course history in golf. If you've played a certain course, especially in golf, if you do well there, you like it. You know the course. It fits your eyeball better. If you're a golfer, you know what I'm talking about. Even on a course, there are certain holes you see better than other holes, right? There are just certain places you play better. Maybe there's certain stadiums where a guy hits better. Maybe he's got family in town. Maybe he's got a girl in town. Maybe he wants to impress her. You don't always know. So that's where I think I'm going in, uh, in baseball tonight. I think the high-end pitchers, Grinky Heaney, are very interesting to me. Um, I think I could get behind Plutko a little bit too on DK. But I do worry that that's going to be a high score, higher scoring game. So I think my guy tonight is going to be Heaney. Right, and if I want to get risky, and if I want to, you know, like I said, in a GPP, you've got to do something outside the norm because you have to be different. You have to be different from everybody else. In cash games, you don't need to be different. Cash games, you want to go chalky, but in GPPs, you got to be different and you got to put yourself out there, right?
You put yourself out there. You get a guy that, you know, low owned. And and look, in the last segment, Jeff said something interesting because Jeff is a very good GPP player. If Bubba Watson is going to be 33% owned, the probably the best move you can make is to not play Bubba. Because if Bubba misses the cut, 33% of your competition is out. Boom. Now, if Bubba makes the cut, 33% of your competition is doing well. If Bubba wins, 33% of your competition is going to beat you. That's fact. But it's smart gameplay to go the opposite direction. Because if Bubba's done, you get rid of 33% of your competition is gone. Isn't that what you're trying to do? Get rid of your competition? That is the goal, right? So think about that. That's, that's what I would do. you got to be aggressive. you got to be willing to take a risk in order to be my rich friend. But remember, there's risk and there's stupid. Please, I beg you, don't be stupid. Don't be too risky. A little risk, good. Too risky, now you're just lighting money on fire, which I don't want you doing. Okay? Because it's, it's hard to find money in the first place. Don't waste it. Okay? When we come back in hour number two, it's our fantasy football hour. That's right. I break down fantasy football. There was a draft last night. I break down the teams. I got a great guest coming on. We'll just football, 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 football. One hour of it. Me to you. Dr. Roto, we'll be back right after this. 